Welcome to the Qualified Tutor Podcast. Here at QT, our mission is to provide teacher training for tutors. If you are a motivated tutor and you love to learn, the QT Podcast will inspire, motivate and support you to improve your practice. Because tutoring is a small job that makes a big difference. Hello and welcome to our 13th episode of the Qualified Tutor Podcast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Vicky Liogier, Head of EdTech and Digital Skills at the Education and Training Foundation. And we're delighted to be able to get the chance to talk to a foundation who does so much for qualified teachers and professional educators looking to to train and learn about the industry. They are really the authority in professional membership of uh, the qualified teacher learning and skills status and the advanced teacher status. Um, They've been uh, going since 2013 uh, and we really are delighted to be joined by them, uh, by Vicky today. So hello, Vicky. How's everything going? Hi, Lido. Well, I'm very well, thank you. It feels uh, very odd to be in a lockdown situation, but because we uh, rely so much on technology, technology is one of uh, my expertise, and therefore I can, uh, I can keep in touch with friends as well as colleagues and other professionals. Yes, exactly. So how have you found uh, the period since lockdown? Have, have, have you been able to carry out your work just as you normally would have done? Oh, God, yeah. It's been extremely busy, in fact, since uh, the lockdown on the 16th of March. We've been uh, inundated by uh, support uh, requests from the sector and we've delivered uh, a responsive uh, sort of uh, campaign in order to uh, to, to, to support the sector. So we've got GETF supports FE and uh, yeah. very soon after the lockdown, I think on the 18th of March, we delivered our first uh, webinar, uh, which, is, uh, the, which was the first of a series of 10 webinars on um, accessibility and inclusion. Because obviously when you deliver online and when you work remotely as a teacher, it's really important to make sure that no learners are left behind and therefore accessibility is at its prime. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that that's really been heightened, hasn't it? In this period is, is actually those, those uh, gaps between those who are able to access learning and those who aren't able to access learning online has, has really been widened, hasn't it? And, and we've heard, Lots about that uh, in general, but also we, we've been chatting to to those people in the know on, on this podcast. So you know, there's 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 been a lot around that in, in our in our line of work, and it sounds you know just just with you as well. Um, so you know, obviously being being national head of, of of ed tech and digital skills, Vicky, you've been you know you've been preparing your whole career for this you know this kind of uh, this kind of um, period. Do you see this as a as an opportunity for for ed tech? Um, I didn't really think about it that way, to be honest. It was more being responsive to the needs of the sector. So suddenly uh, there was a a strong awareness and catalyst on uh, ed tech and uh, learning technologies. And therefore we sort of uh, helped people finding their way around. So one of the uh, support that we, we delivered was also a guide uh, to remote uh, working for teachers 
and trainers, uh, which is effectively a sort of guide across our two programs on the Enhanced Digital Teaching Platform, which is uh, the EdTech program, as well as the Essential Digital Skills program. Uh, And we've identified the the modules which would be most useful to teachers and trainers uh, to do in order to uh, get the skills and understanding of how to best deliver remotely. Yeah, exactly. Now, one thing that we we do always like to ask our guests on the show because it really uh, it really shows kind of where the people in the education industry where they've come from and what they were like as you know when they were students. So, Vicky, what kind of student were you, and did you ever have a, a tutor yourself? Um, well, I can respond very quickly at the second question, which is. But I've never had a teacher. No. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So uh, no, I've never never benefited from it. As you can hear from my accent, I'm French. So um, I was a, a, a very, I would say, assiduous student, especially in my primary and secondary. Well, beginning of secondary school. So I grew up in a tiny, tiny village in the centre of France. And um, I moved, um, there was no secondary school in the village. So I started a boarding school uh, for my secondary. And uh, then my parents moved to Paris. Um, so up to that stage, I was very assiduous, I would say. very, uh, And I took a lot of crowds and, and enjoyed the kudos associated with uh, a rewarding sort of uh, learning experience. Yeah. Um, when I moved to Paris, I became perhaps less, more disengaged. I suppose there was more, more distractions and uh, so many other things to do. And therefore, um, I went back into studying when I started university and I've been, I suppose, learning ever since. Yeah. Well, you know, we we are all constantly learning. So that's a, a brilliant point to, to end on there. But yes, I... I guess the one's education does shape uh, what, what they do in the future, but it's not, you know, it doesn't define it. So that's, you know, really uh, interesting to see that kind of you went through those, those systems, went through those paths. Vicky, there's kind of two questions rolled into one here that, that I'd like to, to pose to you next, which is how did you get into the educational uh, side of, of uh, technology, you know, or even maybe should I say that the technological side of education and secondly, what does EdTech really mean for those listeners who maybe aren't so sure of, of a definition? Well, um, I, I've always been very inquisitive, very curious person. So uh, I came across new technologies in 1990s, um, mainly because as an illustrator, uh, there was a lot of uh, potential with uh, Adobe Photoshop, uh, scanners, uh, illustrator, and therefore um, I bought my first uh, Mac uh, scanner and Adobe, uh, well, we didn't have an Adobe suite at the time, so uh, illustrator and Photoshop as well as Quark Express uh, in 93. And I had my color printer, A3 scanner, I was really pleased. And I also had my uh, little tablet to be able to draw with. So that's when I sort of learned um, technology in a way to, um, to 
improve my work, especially in terms of uh, drawing and uh, uh, drawing rough and designing and, mm-hmm. and enlarging things. And, and because I was teaching at the time as, um, as an uh, illustration and graphic design, I uh, was moved uh, into that curriculum in order to uh, redesign uh, the way uh, the curriculum was delivered, so it was still delivered very much by hand and paper, and uh, we uh, we literally uh, changed that to to have a, a Mac Studio and to change the way we worked. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. So so you you sort of you really moved with the times. You you modernized, and I guess the the, the phrase EdTech really came off the back of that. So do you have a short a kind of a short uh, definition, kind of explanation of what edtech means, maybe today. Yeah, well, I mean, edtech is uh, is shortened from uh, education technologies, and it's literally the technologies that a teacher or a trainer will use in order to enhance learning, teaching and assessment. So it's about uh, how do you use technologies to uh, to sort of optimize uh, the learning experience. Yes, and I guess that, that streamlining streamlining process is something that you know all foundations, all organizations are looking to make use of. Obviously the um, face-to-face teaching and, and, and learning and, and educating is still such a powerful uh, resource. But um, there's certainly, you know, huge benefits to, to as you say, kind of um, uh, benefiting from that that education, that, that, that sorry, that technological uh, aspect to it, uh, and, and really being able to bring that to life. Now, what I wanted to ask after this, uh, Vicky, was so you mentioned that obviously you've, you have a, a long history of, of, of ed tech and, and digital skills expertise, and in your current role. You are, you know, head of uh, of edtech and digital skills at, at ETF. So I wanted to ask what edtech and digital skills training ETF are, are currently offering. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, currently uh, ETF uh, is uh, offering uh, to the sector two main programs, and both of those programs are uh, hosted on the enhanced digital teaching platform. Mm-hmm. Now, the platform was repositioned in February to welcome the new Essential Digital Skills Program. So this program is aimed at teachers and trainers who will be delivering uh, the Essential Digital Skills Entitlement from September 2020 to adults with no or low digital skills. It consists of uh, 20 modules across um, five main main categories. And uh, it is mapped on the national standards. So it's the essential digital skills national standards. So as I said, it consists of 20 20 modules. Uh, There are two synoptic modules, which are really looking at um, how to teach with uh, mobile technologies and online. And um, the others are really uh, looking at the skills uh, that you need in order to deliver uh, this. And as we know, teachers have been delivering GILT, GICT uh, functional skills since 2006. 
Yeah. And uh, really, the new uh, standards are, are, in a way, catching up with the way we live and work. And um, therefore, um, the program was very much designed, informed by uh, research we conducted over four months in November 2018 to about February 2019 uh, across uh, 78 organizations and uh, teachers who were delivering GICT uh, skills told us what they felt their skills gap would be. And based on this, we, del- we, we drew uh, uh, a program which is non-linear. So there is a self-assessment tool at the beginning where you can sort of say, well, this is where my skills gap is and it will point you to uh, the relevant modules that you can take in order to to narrow that skills gap. So it's very much um, it, it's very much responding to a more personalised way of uh, of learning and to spiky uh, sort of skills uh, profile of educators. Um, the program is very generic, and um, in order to address, as we know. Teaching is a practice and therefore it adapts depending on the learning context and pathways. And therefore we are trying to encourage communities of practice uh, of uh, educators to come together to discuss how to approach essential digital skills within uh, a a specific learning context such as SAND or uh, PrEP for Life and Work, Offender Learning, ESOL, and uh, so that those teachers can uh, get together and discuss those additional challenges that they may experience and how best to address them. Yeah, I, 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 I really, I love that idea, uh, Vicky, of, of, you know, identifying someone who feels that they would like training and, and letting them choose themselves where their skills gap is. I think that's, that's something that actually harks. Uh, hugely back to to one-on-one tutoring and and how a student can have their school classes and then outside of those classrooms can use a tutor to pick up on those little gaps in knowledge uh, or even those those large gaps in knowledge where they can work one-on-one with the tutor and fill those gaps really that that's really one of the huge benefits of of tutoring so that's that's amazing that you know you've, you've picked up on that and that that's something that ETF offer in their in their training. Now, just just turning towards kind of uh, the the school curriculum, you know, which is obviously something that as educators um, we have, you know, we have to bear in mind when 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 educating children is that they have a school curriculum that they that they are following, and we are there to either provide that firsthand or to uh, use that in our own sessions, you know, to, to to base this child's learning off that. So, how do you think? organizations such as ETF and, and Qualified Tutor can use their e-learning skills to enhance the, the school curriculum? How can we use e-learning to bring that to life? In order to bring it to life, I think uh, in the current situation, we've really identified that uh, teachers and trainers have been uh, using uh, new technologies in order to engage and to stay in touch with learners and making sure that uh, they are going to uh, to keep on learning and not uh, sort of uh, be left behind. So how can technology can um, support? Well, I suppose, first of all, it's important to 
redefine our pedagogic approaches. So you can't deliver online like you would deliver face-to-face. It's important to probably uh, put a lot more emphasis on uh, what we would call asynchronous activities. So um, having a sort of face-to-face gathering of the group is important, and then uh, giving clear instructions uh, with progressive sequencing of activities uh, with a clear learning aim uh, will help learners to uh, to get on with the work. So they will, I think it's very important for teachers if they're using uh, e-learning skills is to avoid uh, cognitive overload really. Uh, so that learn instructions need to be really, really simple and then build effective scaffold of activities. So the beauty of new technologies is that you're going to have loads of opportunities for spaced learning, for instance, where you're going to be able to revisit an activity and do some learning little formative assessment activities, which are automated to reinforce that learning and to be quite rewarding as well. Um, Using gamification is a good way to encourage that sort of intrinsic uh, motivation of the learner. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're, we're doing in a way uh, with uh, the enhanced digital teaching uh, platform where we've got a strong gamification structure which is uh, built uh, under uh, under the program itself. I would say also that um, if you're using uh, new technologies uh, to enhance the curriculum, then obviously you're going to be able to link to uh, expertise outside of your classroom. So you're no longer sort of limited to face-to-face and you're going to be able to be to reach out. So for instance, um, we had in early years, uh, learners who were using Twitter uh, quite effectively by following key uh, personalities within the early education um, uh, industry in order to keep up to date and to have that sort of debate an engagement with, with those key figures within the industry. So that, that gives you access to knowledge, expertise, and practice which are outside of, uh, of the, the classroom. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely encourage collaboration and uh, also times where learners can come together and as a, as a, as a group to, to collaborate and on, on projects together. And, uh, of course, it's important to have constructive feedback and regular tutorial, um, which are more, more important than ever if, if we leave, if we, if we keep in this lockdown situation with remote learning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did I answer your question? <laughs> and some. You <laughs> went well beyond. You, you probably covered the next 10 questions I had, Vicky. That was, that was, uh, that was really, that was amazing. Um, there's a question in my mind here that I want, I, I can't finish this, you know, I don't want to leave this, this conversation without asking you, which is, as someone who's been involved in online and, and educational and digital learning, I got to ask you, what are the, the core skills for an online educator or for an educator using digital technology? What, what, how does that differ from more traditional types of, of, of learning delivery? 
I would say you still need the pedagogy. You still need the subject expertise. Okay. So that's uh, in order to be a, an educator, you can't do without it. Obviously, you'll need the essential digital skills to create and deliver content online. So you need that sort of uh, ease of access. And uh, I think we've demonstrated that we've all got it because we've all, most teachers have a mobile device and, and the late, you know, so the lockdown and the COVID-19 pandemic has really sort of made us aware that it's not that difficult, actually. It's really practical to be able to, to work remotely and to be able to still have those uh, meetings with our learners, etc. One thing which is really, really important is accessibility, because uh, depending on the mobile device that you're going to be using, depending on your personalized uh, sort of uh, attributes, you're, you're going to have uh, barriers which may, which may not be visible to the teacher. So I think a strong awareness on accessibility is, is important, especially with the forthcoming uh, accessibility uh, regulations as well for uh, education institutions to, to really make sure that nobody is left behind. Now, uh, beside those, um, I would say that it's really important for teachers to understand how best to encourage learners independent study skills because obviously you you can't sort of you need to move away from a, a 19th uh, century didactical teacher-centered uh, mode of delivery and you really want to become a facilitator and a coach most importantly a coach to really encourage learners to take ownership of their learning so you become the person who's going to question and ask them to problem solve and uh, work in little groups to build those collaborative and problem solving skills, as well as critical uh, analysis skills. So that's important. Um, communication is very different uh, when you're working online. You need to be clear and you need to be very uh, simple instructions. You, you want to avoid, I mentioned earlier on, that uh, sort of cognitive overload. But even in instructions, it needs to be precise, simple. This is what you do. And obviously, need, you need to give very constructive feedback and find peer feedback mechanism as well. So encouraging that sort of uh, positive um, and challenging understanding of what we do. So it's important for learners to also learn this so that they can uh, say, yes, I really enjoy A and B, and I thought you did that very well. However, perhaps you could develop further C and D. Yeah. And, and that's so important as a learner to understand this because then they can apply it to themselves. They can also apply it to, uh, to their peers' uh, work. And finally, I would say probably planning skills uh, to really set up a number of a wide range of uh, opportunities to encourage learners' collaboration. Yeah, those are all uh, brilliantly specific and informative pieces of, of advice there and actually exactly the kind of skills, professional skills that both our listeners and, and, and our course participants are learning at the moment and are, and are seeking to learn in their, in their training. Um, so I, I think, you know, what you've touched on there is, is incredibly 
um, appropriate for the kind of um, industry specialism that we find ourselves in and that ETF are, are, are the leading authority of. So um, thank you very much for sharing that, Vicky. Now, I, I wanted to end on, on speaking more about your experiences, Vicky, rather than discussing so, so brilliantly the area that you work in and the area that we are, that we are both, both based in. What do you think it is that you enjoy most about what you do, Vicky? Uh, lots of guests of ours who are teachers or tutors themselves say that it is that brilliantly rewarding moment when a student, you know, the light bulb just goes ding in their mind and, and the, the, the educator realises that the student has understood the issue and is, and is able to then progress and, and learn the, the following steps. But what is it, Vicky, that you enjoy most about what you do? Well, I- in my case, I'm not directly a teacher anymore, although I still have a, the heart of a teacher. <laughs> I'm definitely a people's person. Um, <laughs> yeah. For me, uh, it's, it, it would be the support for GFE sector. So I, I, as I said, I started working in this sector in 87, and um, I very much believe in its remit, and I think it's, it's adding terrific value to, to the society. So um, working for this sector is very important and continuing to support and liaise with uh, my FE colleagues and, and really understand what their needs are and finding ways to effectively support them. That's really important for me. So um, what I enjoy the most working for GTF, I would say would be the creativity and the strategy uh, input that it allows me to give. Um, having a national uh, role means uh, my sphere of influence uh, is wider and I can, I have the opportunity to make a real difference. And um, so I really want to, to create something which is free, which is coherent and cohesive in order to support the further education sector. Wow, that's uh, that. That could be the end of a sort of uh, an address to the nation, Vicky. That was that was <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> that was uh, that was rousing almost. I feel now that I can go on and, and complete anything uh, that I that I attempt. That was that was absolutely brilliant. Um, well, thank you, uh, Vicky, so so much. We we are just aware of, of you know the time of, of as you say you know people. Um, you know, people's time is short, and so we're aware of you know of, of keeping these these episodes nice and, and concise. So that was you know we've packed so much into the in, into that. I say we, I mean you, of course, Vicky. You've packed so much into that, and actually, all of those skills, every single one that you were discussing just there before in, in, in the in the previous question, are so useful to the course that we're currently running, and 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 you know actually really resonate with with myself, and I'm sure will do with uh, with the founder of QT, Julia Silver. Um, so for, for any of the, anyone listening who is currently taking the course or for anyone listening who, is, who would like to, to level up their skills as a tutor, that is exactly the kind of um, content that we, ha- we have already written. And, and it's brilliant that Vicky is there, um, is there kind of you know, reiterating that. Um, if you would like to sign up for the course, um, if you would like to uh, stand out, set yourself apart in, in the crowded space that is tutoring right now, if you'd like to show your students that you are ready to take the extra steps, then, then please do 
consider uh, the Qualified Tutor course. You can find it at www.qualifiedtutor.org slash enroll uh, and, we'll, and we will see you uh, inside. Um, we have courses starting every couple of weeks and the next course will be beginning in two weeks time from now. So that will be uh, in, in the second week of June. Um, but I'd like to take this opportunity, Vicky, to thank you very, very much for that. That's been an entirely comprehensive look at, at, at edtech and, and, and digital learning. And, and to be honest, I don't think we've ever had such uh, an in-depth and an expert uh, um, exploration of it as that. Um, so thank you very, very much for that. I hope you've enjoyed uh, you know, discussing what you do. It's always very nice to, 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 to be given the space to talk about all the brilliant work you've been doing. So thank you very much. You're welcome. And thank you for inviting me and uh, to give a voice to GETF as well. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. It's, it's brilliant to, to, to hear these agencies on here. Thank you all, uh, very much for listening. And we will see you for the, the next episode next time. Uh, but uh, one last time, Vicky, thank you very much. And I'm sure we'll be keeping in very, very close contact. So thank you. Take care. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Qualified Tutor Podcast, where tutors share their expertise to support the tutoring community. We're always looking for motivated tutors to interview on the show. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, get in touch at podcast.qualifiedtutor.org. We'd love to learn from you.